Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, hey. good afternoon, everybody. Scott Luton and Allison Krejci-Giddens right here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's show. Allison, how are we doing? We're doing good. How is it November? How is it November? And how is it almost halfway through November? I don't know. Um, well, hey, you know, all that means is it gets what? us closer to Turkey Day and lots of good food without the need to buy gifts. Nice, nice. It, and it's a forgotten holiday. We often skip it, right? I mean, it feels like we go Halloween and then Christmas. Oh gosh, yeah that the the H holiday that we should no longer never ever speak of again. Um, my kids love it, and so so you know you got to be game for it. But one of my least favorite holidays right. for sure. So. It's free chocolate and no obligation to house family. True, but you got a bunch of randoms knocking at your door. That's something. a really good point. <laughs> okay. All right. So enough about our stirring holiday conversation. Today, Allison, we're going to be talking about customer experience, right? CX. It's all the rage. Yeah. Uh, and, and global supply chain has a lot to do with that. We're going to be talking about how we optimize customer experience for both internal and external customers because, Allison, you got to work hard to have one really big, happy family, right? You're right. You're right. It's, it takes a lot more than just hitting the button and hoping it all works out. <laughs> no kidding. Although I think that's a strategy some companies have out there. Um, we've got our friends from Esker joining us once again, along with a leader from Nimble Worldwide. So stay tuned as Dan and Chad join us uh, for what promises to be an informative and intriguing conversation. Okay. So Allison, let's say hello to a few folks before we swoosh in our guests. How about that? That sounds good. All right. So, so you know, we're big fans of Sophia. It looks like Sophia is a big fan of the one and only Allison Giddens, as she says. I, I had a check in the mail to her, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it should be there any day. Well, I tell you, for as big as of an ambassador for industry and special manufacturing, you are. Sophia is a wonderful ambassador and newly um, nominated award winner, recognized award winner for supply chain, and she's already done a You're TEDx. Awesome. That's I'll awesome. Sophia has been on a roll and love her writing as well. Peter Bollet, all night and all day. Best holiday of the year, Thanksgiving. Peter, I'm with you. That's got my vote. Allison, what say you? It's high up there. It's probably top 10. Top, <laughs> top 10. What's Arbor Day? Is, oh, yeah, uh, top big 10. fan of Arbor Day. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. So seriously, is, that, is, is Thanksgiving, like for me, it probably is the top of the list because you can focus on gratitude, focus on food, focus on, you know, family, what you're grateful for. Right. And no, no that's gifts. true. That's, see, I'm a fan of Christmas, but, but it's because I like, you know how they talk about the your senses, you kind of memory of senses. I smell pine and cinnamon and I love those smells. So I All think right. that's why I like, I think Christmas is high up for me. My birthday, I'm a fan of my birthday. Yeah, That's when a national is, holiday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so 
hey, I th- people's uh, a lot of emotions come out when we start talking holidays. But Peter, me and you are on the same team. I have to start a lobby there. Uh, Bill Stankevich is with us here today. He's on his son's PC, so it's, it appears as Doug. So, but Bill, uh, Bill. Allison, you and I both know Bill. I haven't seen Bill in forever. I owe him a phone call. Uh, I do know that, and I'm I'm really glad that you're here with us uh, today, Bill. Looking forward to your uh, supply chain perspective. You're helping to make Savannah uh, a, a mecca when it comes to supply chain logistics, uh, making all that happen. So great to see you here, uh, Bill. Okay, let's see. We've got a couple other votes. Let's see. Peter's up to some putting a final coat of plaster on the ceiling before. I don't, Peter doesn't get any sleep. He's either doing big things in industry or he's working on home improvement projects, Allison. How is he doing that and typing comments in like, how does that work? <laughs> I don't know. That poor computer. Talk we'll see. Text. That's right. Hey, Clay Phillips, uh, Diesel Phillips, because the engine's always running, is with us here today in the background. Fellow UGA fan like Allison, uh, they're having a heck of a season. Uh, Lamont Hardy. Uh, calling in from San Diego via LinkedIn. Great to have you here, Lamont. Looking forward I to your perspective. San Diego is one of my favorite cities. Uh, you know, I've never been. I'm ashamed to say that. But Lamont, maybe you can paint some. You have to send us some pictures. Uh, let's see. Mark Evans is with us here. Looking forward to hearing what Chad has to say. We are too, Mark. And we're going we're gonna to swoosh him in in, in a moment uh, so that he can share his goodness with Allison, Dan, and I. Jonathan Felipe, Felipe probably. LinkedIn. Any tips for newbies in supply chain management? Jonathan, that's an excellent question. And what we'll do, we'll try to maybe drop in a few tips throughout the conversation. And if we don't, because we've got a lot to get through when it comes to internal and external customer experience, maybe we can hook up after today's live stream. And I've got some resources for you. Uh, Sophia, uh, I'll be checking my mail, Allison. All right. (laughs) She forgot about it. Right. All right. So with all that said, uh, and sorry we couldn't get everybody there, looking forward to your perspective throughout this conversation. Allison, are you ready to introduce and bring in our esteemed guests here today? Yes, I'm excited and I can't wait to hear all about what they have to say. Let's do it. I want to welcome in Chad Molin, Service Delivery Manager with Nimble Worldwide, and our dear friend Dan Reeve, Head of Sales for Esker US. All right. Hey, hey, Dan, Chad, how are we doing today? Great. Well, good. Fine. Well, you know, uh, Dan, uh, who always moves at the speed of a thousand gazelles, have you had a big, busy, productive week this week? You know, I went to a trade show. First trade show I've been to in obviously a while. Right. Um, if only all trade shows were a 10-minute Uber ride from your house, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, and, and um, you know, I was tired. You know, and I have to remember what it's like to go and talk to 50 people in a day, you know, and um, um you know, reinvigorating. Nice to be back talking to people. Seeing you know, and, and, and versus nothing wrong with doing what we're doing right now. But nice to be talking to people in person. Um, I'm with you. You know, yeah. Breaking bread, shaking some hands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, we'll look forward to hearing more about that experience. And Chad, really enjoyed getting to know you a little better in the pre-show. Uh, sounds like we've both spent some time in Wichita, but now you're out in the beautiful Metro Denver area, and you're getting out hiking and doing other things. So great to see see you here today. Thank you. It's good you to be here. Now, we're going to go ahead and spill the goods. So if your significant other's listening, Chad is taking you to dinner, I think, tonight or tomorrow night. But are you going to get <laughs> – I'm spilling the beans on you, Chad. Are you getting in a hike this afternoon before, or, or do you do that mainly on weekends or what? Well, that would probably be a good idea so that I have more room for that big fat steak that I want. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, again, pictures. 
pictures, okay, yeah. or didn't happen. Yeah. All right, really quick. We got one fun warm-up question. I'm going to go around the horn, but really quick, I want to make sure I call out a few folks. T-Squared holds down the fort for us on YouTube. Great to see you here today. He's looking forward to the Friday lunchtime supply chain management nourishment. I love that, T-Squared. We've got a visitor from uh, Greece here with us today via LinkedIn. Adornis? Adornis? Does that sound about right? Uh, regardless, uh, let me know if I butcher names. That happens from time to time. I want to make sure we get it right. But welcome. Looking forward to your perspective here. Steve is tuned in all the way from Kenya via LinkedIn. Great to see you here. Of course, Allie's behind the scenes helping to make production happen. Big thanks to Allie and Bree and Matt and Amanda and Jada and Clay. Um, okay, so let's do this before we get down to the heavy lifting, right? So uh, today is National Happy Hour Day. So there's a couple different groups that claim they founded Happy Hour. Uh, I, I found there was a U.S. battleship, World War I battleship, where it's one of the stories where it originated. But regardless, Happy Hours are fueled by adult beverages. So I'm going to go around the horn. Alice, I'm going to start with you this time. Uh, give me your favorite adult beverage. Okay, so I get made fun of for this. Uh, vodka Coke. I know, I know that sounds weird and people say no rum goes in Coke. And I say, no, it doesn't. Vodka goes in Coke. Don't knock it till you try it. It's good because you can't okay. taste the vodka. All right. Vodka Coke. Okay. That's, that's a new one for me. That's a new one for me. And by the way, Helmet, uh, great to see you here uh, from the south of France. I think Dan was there earlier. All right. So we got one vote for Vodka Coke. And that might be, you never know. That might be what Allison's taking a sip of right there. Uh, Chad, coming to you next. What is your uh, adult beverage of choice? So, I mean, you know, being from Colorado, um, you know, it, it, it'd be wrong if I didn't say that that beer was, you know, my favorite and uh, IPAs in, in particular. So we have some of the best breweries in the country here in Colorado. And there's nothing like, uh, you know, finishing the day on a Friday and cracking open a, a really great cold beer. Love that. I can almost hear that bush beer jingling in my head as you describe that, right? Um, all right. So, Dan, you're the cleanup hitter here today. Your favorite adult beverage? You know, I think it's, I think it's because, and I, but Alison, I get made fun of for this too. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is right, but gents often make fun of me for drinking. They, call, they say it's more of an effeminate or a ladies' drink. I'm not sure if you're even allowed to say that nowadays, but I like Bailey's. <laughs> Right. Everybody else, we, you know, Ooh. yes, I like beer, but I like to finish off the evening or a go to cocktail for me is Bailey's. And I think it's because as a kid, that was my mum, that was her favorite tipple. And, you know, probably age eight, nine, ten, I'm not sure what the right age was. Then you know, I was I was allowed to start sipping a little bit of that, you know, as a treat. Um, <laughs> so hey, you weren't driving. Right. No, it's fine. Right. No. You get to sleep faster. Right. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, all right, so I got to share a couple here. So Lamont has never heard of vodka Coke either. Sophia says tequila and grapefruit juice. Viva Ooh, Mexico. Love that. that Peter. Number two for me. <laughs> Single malt scotch of, of most any type. Jack and Coke, followed closely by uh, Crown and Coke. Okay. Sheldon says a brown cow. Uh, I've heard of that before. Tia Maria and evaporated milk. Man, that sounds like a drink that will – that will help you take a little uh, a snooze as well, huh? I want to go back to something really quick and point out a couple of resources. So, you know, Jonathan asked about a newbie 
in his words, when it comes to supply chain management. Sophia, you dropped a great resource here because our friend Rodney Apple does great work. He, he is formerly of the Atlanta area. He's in Nashville now. But check out his uh, supply chain careers programming, and you'll get a lot of tips. And, uh, of course, we'd welcome, you know, if we can weave it in today, Allison, Chad, and Dan, a quick tip on folks as they're kicking off their career and trying to, you know, advance and um, move right on up the ladder. Uh, one final one here. Mark says the smoking gun martini, vodka martini, slightly dirty with a jalapeno stuffed olive and a single drop of smoked chipotle Tabasco sauce. Wow, that's right. artistic. <laughs> so, Chad, that can be your, your your opening drink tonight at that nice yeah. steak dinner. We'll see. That, that locked it in. Absolutely. <laughs> Locked it in. All right. So let's get down to business. Uh, we love talking food and we certainly love enjoying each other's company here today. But y'all have a lot to offer, especially when it comes to one of the hottest um, topics in the industry right now, I would say. Uh, so we're going to be talking about not only digital transformation, but also customer, uh, customer experience. Uh, and Chad, I want to start with you. Sure. So you led a digital transformation initiative at a company called Vega a few years back. So if you would talk to us about some of your primary uh, eureka moments or key takeaways from that work, especially what you might think is is timeless or related to what we're going through now. Sure. So uh, the situation I was in at, at Vega was very similar to to what's happening now. Uh, you had kind of this crucible of uh, a huge increase in demand. Um, you know, the team uh, basically was uh, kind of spread out. Um, pretty young team, uh, entry-level folks. And the work was uh, tedious, to, to put it lightly. Um, I, I love SAP and I support SAP in my role, but it can be a little daunting for, uh, for folks that um, are coming into the company and um, working in an industry with a lot of complexity when it comes to orders and things like that. And in some cases, the orders, uh, the quality of them is not the best. So trying to sort all that out, uh, working, you know, a lot of days overtime to get all those orders put in, um, it was a very difficult situation. Um, so we had a high amount of turnover. We had people that just were frustrated with the work itself, um, with, um, you know, making errors and things like that. So that translates to your customers, which is never a good thing. Um, so we, we had a major issue. Um, and with the growth that we foresaw, there was absolutely no way that we were going to be able to to um, take that in with our current resources. So I, I connected with Dan and we put together, um, you know, a, a review of different software that was out there and um, got started on this digital transformation. So a couple key takeaways for me, honestly, is, um, that, you know, your people need to be prepared for it. Um, so you really have to look at, you know, what are their capabilities? And again, it's entry level positions, but you're looking for things like um, resiliency and, you know, change management, the ability to change quickly, um, ability to, um, you know, learn. And, and so I think one of the aha moments that you asked, Scott, that I think is probably the biggest thing is you can implement technology, but if your people are not ready for it, it's not going to be as successful as you expect it to be. And a perfect example of that is um, with Esker, one of the things that I like about it is it uses machine learning and um, AI type technology. And you have to teach the system how to how to look at the orders. And so I had a lot of folks that were using the system, but they didn't understand the teaching part of it. 
So one day I was walking around and I was looking at what people were doing and basically saw that they were just typing things in. And I said, no, you're supposed to teach the system that this means this. And all of a sudden that was kind of the big light bulb for me is you can bring the technology, but you need to lead the people to the technology and use it correctly. I love that. And, and, and optimize it and, and customize it for what your operation needs, right? Rather than kind of using it right out of the box as the store could deliver it. Um, teaching, teaching machines. I tell you, it's an amazing time we live in. But one other thing I heard there, and, and Dan, I'll come to you next based on what Chad just shared. I heard simplification, how important simplification is. But what was, what was one of your favorite parts of uh, what some of Dan's takeaways were there? Uh, uh, Chad's takeaways were there, Dan. Yeah, I think... Uh, it brings up an interesting point, which is you're gonna, if you're going to introduce technology, you, you, you're so much better served if you get folks um, on choose something that where they like the interface because then they're not they can't use the interface um, as an excuse um, to not sort of go through the change. And two, exposing folks to um, the technology early and making them part of the decision making cycle. You know, in my role as a sales director, sometimes sales reps will take me and break me out of the case and take me on, on the road. And I remember <laughs> a classic case with one of the largest um, uh, gas stations in the U.S. So uh, five or six hundred gas stations they have. I won't name them, but they have a very large organization and they were looking to transform um, their, their procure to pay process. And I have to tell you, I walked out of that meeting with 20 people in there and said, I don't think that's going to happen. You know, it seemed to be very disjointed and, and I wasn't sure if people were, I said, I just don't think, I know there's some folks in the room that clearly want Esca, but I'm not sure that's going to happen. We get a call two days later and the folks say, come on, then we want to do business with you, but let's just negotiate a little bit. I'm like, negotiate? We're not even going to buy us. Here we are. We want you. I'm like, hey, you know, in 20 years, I'm, I thought I knew a thing or two about sales. Maybe I don't. I'm, I'm confused. What's going on? They said, the users. You engage the users. You ask them questions. You, you didn't treat them as just users. You treated them as individuals with important viewpoints, and you let them have an. And they said, "We like it all. We think we think we could adopt it." So that was an interesting learning. And since then, I've, I've spoke to some other former customers of mine who said, "Dan, the thing you guys do differently is you see some sales folks will come in, and and they'll only sell to the executive." Well, there's other people in the room that they've got to go through this change journey. Everybody should view people as equal, not just based on the title. So right. I think change and giving everybody access and, and bringing the whole organization along versus just the executives is pretty important. We don't want to steamroll anybody, right? right. The humans right. still make global business happen today. Of course, technology is a big part of that. Um, and coming to you next, Alice, I want to share just a couple of quick things. Uh, Sibin. Jasani, Sibin Jasani, I hope I got that right. Lewis uh, from South Africa tuned in via LinkedIn. Great to have you here today. And hey, Delano, uh, Delano, you hit the the um, the right time to join us because if if it's about CX and digital transformation, we're talking about that a lot here today. So welcome to the conversation. Okay, so Allison, as we as we kind of wrap this first um, bullet point, we want to talk about Chad's experiences there at Vega. What else did you hear there, Allison? A lot resonated with me in my industry, which is really overlapping with everything that Dan and Chad are doing, too. Um, and that is that good information is needed to make good decisions. A, a friend of mine recently said that, a friend and colleague in, in some cybersecurity stuff I'm a part of. And then the idea was to bring people into the conversation and get some buy-in from all the stakeholders. And ultimately, it was about the um, exchange of ideas. And that's what I'm hearing from both Dan and Chad is it's not just about 
uh, you know, prescriptive solutions. It's all about a little bit of feedback, getting getting input from those that are going to be in the midst of it all. So that's that's what I've heard uh, really predominantly between both Dan and Chad. That's solid. I love that. Uh, you got to learn from the experts, the folks that do it. You know, there's some of your best resources there. Uh, Sheldon says, the more change requires change in human behavior, the greater the risk of failing to meet the success criteria. Well said there, Sheldon and Stephanie. Great to have you here today uh, via LinkedIn. So welcome, welcome. Okay. So I want to talk about, um, you know, we want to we do some level setting, right? We'll do some level setting beyond what Chad shared. And I think Chad's story is a great starting point because a lot of what some of the factors there and the conditions were directly rele- uh, relevant to what we're seeing now. It just just in a lot more of it. Uh, you know, he touched on the burnout that is taking place really across global business. We got to find, which I know we'll touch on, touch on because Dan always talks about this. We got to find ways of liberating and making it easier for folks to do more rewarding work, right? You've got all this talent in these organizations. But before we get there, Dan, I'll come to you because I want to level set with some of the things that are part of the current state. So where do we want to start there, Dan? Well, I think the, the great, you've talked about the great resignation. Um, on your previous shows, I've sort of shared that the finance, the supply chain, the customer service leaders that, like Chad, who've engaged with Esco often say, yeah, there's a big picture initiative for digital transformation, but what are we really trying to do? We're trying to be easy to deal with. And and that means be easy to deal with both for your suppliers and your customers. And right now, uh, taking care of your suppliers is important. I know a lot of people are focusing on what can we focus on, and that's cash control and spend control. But ultimately, you know, right now, you probably can't afford to be bottom of the rank when it comes to that supplier. You've got to maybe make sure that supplier can remain liquid and pay them early because if you want to get your goods and services on time or as on time as possible right now, well, you can't leave those folks hanging. So, you know, one of the things I heard from the uh, IOFM Institute of Financial Management trade show I was at last week, executive editor there is Jeff Shear, and he said, look, look around the room. 75% of the audience is Gen Z or millennials. And he said, look, I can tell you, you're not going to be able to hire folks to come in, for example, into accounts payable departments. Same story for receivables or, or order management. Um, and, and planners, you're not going to be able to hire folks to go and take care of uh, suppliers if you're going to ask them to do sort of the manual tasks of yesterday. These folks have, have all been through what we've been through and they're, they're reconsidering the type of work they want to do. Many organizations are struggling to hire or retain staff. And he yeah. says, what I think people are interested in doing is coming in, using their customer service, their creativity, their analytical skills. And yes, that might mean in payables, the ability to transform the department into a profit center because you pay the supplier earlier and then you engage in supply chain financing, which we might cover later, Scott, or you, or you um, maybe there's other mechanisms to make sure that you're protecting your organization from spending in the wrong area or maverick spend or fraud, but you, you're still um, er, you know, early earning early payment discounts. He says millennials will see that as an opportunity, right. just as servicing the customer like you know or Ch- when chad freed up his staff to go and be rock stars and better serve the customer and therefore one more business and more loyalty uh i think there's a lot of pressure to put technology in but people aren't putting technology in just for the sake of it they're putting it in to sort of enable outcomes mm, enable outcomes but to your earlier point there is a ton of pressure out there right tons of pressure um chad will come to you next based on the great resignation or anything else that Dan shared, there's a couple of things that we want to kind of lay out for the current state, what we're experiencing. 
what sticks out to your in your mind, Chad? Uh, a note of caution, and that is that um, again, if you put in technology and you try to automate a bad process, um, you're going to end up worse off than when you started. Um, so that's that's a real key thing. Is um, and and the thing that frustrates me that a lot of companies that are really stuck in right now is that whole. If you remember Stephen Covey's you know analogy of the sharpening the saw. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you've got a lot of people that are trying to cut down trees with dole saws and basically saying every time you talk to them about, you know, hey, what about this or what about that? They're like, I can't get away from this tree. I got right. sawing away at it. <laughs> um, so, you know, the reality is you've got to take time, step back, look at your processes and map them out. And then you look at a combination of people and technology to resolve those issues. Well said. And, you know, a lot of folks are sharpening, working with some world-class sharp saws, but they're taking down the wrong trees. They're taking down their neighbor's trees. You got to make sure we're attacking with yeah. technology and innovation the right things. Allison, uh, what else would you add to this first kind of what we're seeing? I liked what, what Chad said fed into a lot of what Dan said. And, and I'm going to give a shout out to Deborah Dull, the, the all-knowing guru of circular supply chain. And it is about engaging your customers and vendors and suppliers. It, I think it's really easy in industry to think of our, to prioritize our customers and kind of forget about the employees and kind of forget about the vendors because, you know, gosh, they're lower on the totem pole, right? No, if we think of things more as circular and if we can get that con the contributions from the vendors and the employees and the team in general, then we know whether or not this is the right tree to be cutting down in the first place. Love that, Allison. I love that. And Deborah is a guru for sure. Circularity and inventory. It's one of our favorite things to talk about. So don't hello. tell Deborah I'm suggesting we cut down a tree. That <laughs> okay. is not part of the circular supply uh, chain. <laughs> all right. Um, I want to share a couple of quick comments from the audience. So Sophia is dropping the newest McKinsey podcast talking about some of the reasons behind why people are quitting and how to retain them. And, and, and some of that, you know, we're talking about today goes right to that. Sheldon says the great resignation is a battle between the past and the future between employee values and firm values. It's the great realignment. I like that. I like um, so talking about ways and, and well, I don't want to get ahead of it. So we're going to talk about how we, how we um, can beat some of these market conditions. I want to circle back to you, Dan, What's the second thing you'd share about the current state? Well, I think probably more disruptions are likely. And I was reading something the other day and it was talking about how, you know, you still got pockets of, of, of you know, COVID popping up in different areas. You've got companies um, in Europe. I was, give me a second, I'll pull up my notebook. There was, a, uh, yeah. there was a company in Europe who provides one third of the plastic that goes into the majority of automobiles. And they were saying, hey, we... Um, we're buying lots of parts, but we can't sell because we, 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 the key comp components we need to therefore uh, meet the demand that we have, we cannot fulfill. So we're actually sitting on a huge amount of inventory. We've got orders. We're sitting on a lot of inventory. We can't turn that, can't, we can't recognize an, an invoice because we can't actually su supply the, the whole combined unit. So it's like a really difficult situation. So I think there's likely we're going to see continued um disruption continued frustrations and therefore companies have got to look at back to the if we're going to talk Stephen covey we're going to go have to focus on what we can control you know our circle of influence you know what what can we control ourselves right in our world a lot of the finance leaders um are saying okay we better focus on cash we can at least make sure we're efficient with cash we can at least try and 
um, collect on time or, or earn early payment discounts. And I, I realize another part of that is inventory. Now, I'm not an inventory expert, but I realize there's, there's, there's companies like, well, if we could you know, turn inventory faster or minimize inventory, that might be another way to, um, to improve uh, uh, working capital. So, uh, oh, yeah. One quick follow-up to that, and then Allison, Chad, I'm coming to you on next. But, you know, part uh, on a related note, we've talked about this before. We talked about it pre-show, that drain on customer service teams, right? Because if if we are making it harder for our customer service, our inside sales teams, you name the internal customer, it is going to be much tougher to control the cash flow. And, and to your point, optimize those things that are more within our control because – we know there's more things out of our control coming. So speak to that for just a quick second, Dan. You know, really reducing that strain on internal customer service, inside sales, you name it. Yeah, I think um, the organizations that we engage, or that, that, that engage with us, often what they are trying to do is make sure that they, um, they can free this stuff up. And we've said that can be through automation, AI, and other technologies. But often what I find, Marissa Brand from AQPC talked about this. She says, you know, in the future, what you're trying to do is free up your staff to go and do real value engineering. And, and therefore, they're more likely to stay. So that might mean, hey, I'm, I have someone in payables that will go and work with procurement, and break, break down silos. Or I have someone in customer service who can talk to sales and procurement and the customer. Um, you know, they might you might even give them a little initiative or, or, or a pet project to work on where they can go and use those those skills and they can feel that they're making a difference. So um, Marissa sort of talks about the value of deep work. I think the problem is right now, um, how do you sort of free people up when there's just, you know, the, the, the volume of questions and queries and email is overwhelming. Right. And, uh, you know, I think many of us have perhaps looked at it and said, Work-life balance, that isn't going to happen. So instead, how do I make sure I'm at least getting some balance or some grounding of what I need to do for me, my my, my health, my family, and all the rest of it? It's it's an interesting time. It's like, you know, push and pull in so many different directions. Right. All right. So a lot a lot there to kind of unpack a bit there, Chad. But what what's the, out of everything you heard Dan just share there, what immediately comes to mind as a priority? So first and foremost, unfortunately, in a lot of companies, customer service tends to be um, the most mistreated and non-valued part of the organization. So first and foremost, I would say, please take care of your customer service people. Um, you know, do uh, crazy things to, to, to keep the motivation and the energy. One thing that I did that I absolutely loved during uh, the, the height of the quarantine was uh, I would walk around my, my neighborhood and I would video myself talking to the staff and I would talk about just random topics or different things, or sometimes it was just being honest and saying, hey, the situation that we're in right now really sucks. Um, and, and you know, some of you are like single parents and, you know, dealing with a lot of things that typically is not a part of your general work environment. Um, so that, that is what I would say first and foremost. Secondly, I would say that this is really where your, your good customer service people can play a huge role and the analytics that Allison was talking about. So if you put analytics to, to play with your back orders, with, with orders that are coming in, and you have people who know the products well enough and know the customers well enough, they can call them and say, look, you ordered these things, but we don't have them right now. 
So we have these other things and maybe they're like a bulk item, but so they're like the same exact item, but that it's a bulk item. So that you buy more or it's a different color or different things like that. Um, you know, that stuff is invaluable because nine times out of 10, um, I mean, in the industry that I was in before with plumbing and heating, if it's behind the wall, who cares? You know, like they, they just need the product. They need to get their work done. So give them an alternative and they're going to take it. Um, There's a reason we don't have pink pipes or blue yes. pipes or designer pipes, right, Chad? Yes. <laughs> I love that. So those are, those are two big points. Allison, you were nodding your head, I think, throughout Chad's answer. What resonates the most with you? Uh, it makes me think about, I recently ordered something online from a small business out West and they contacted me and they said, we're so sorry that it's, we don't have the item that you ordered, um, but I can make a recommendation of this instead. I said, okay, that's fine. Sure. That, that's good. They sent it. And then I decided I liked it. So I was going to order something else. So I went back to the website, ordered something, got an email from the person. She said, I'm so embarrassed. You know where this is going. That's not in stock either. She said, I feel so bad. And she was so genuine in the email that was like, it was obvious that she was, she, this was, this is a goofy time for everybody. So there was, she was all prepared to ask, you know, have me cancel the order, which I did not do. I said, you know, send me what you think is, is the best comparable version. And she did. And I'll probably be a lifelong customer because of that. So I think that speaks exactly to what Chad's saying. I love that. And I love that uh, Dan Gingas has a new book out focused on customer experience. And he talks about what you're, what you're speaking to. You're that, that experience where there's follow-up, there's humanism, right? Clearly you've got someone that wants to do a good job. Yes. Um, I would argue, and I'll defer to the experts here. If your technology doesn't free up your people to spend time on that instead of, they're completely consumed in the blocking and tackling, you're going to limit your customer service professionals to do things like that, Allison. Mm. Yep. Uh, Dan, Chad, any comments there? Yeah, sure. Uh, um, one that comes to mind is a, a few years ago, Gartner changed their tone and said, you know, it's no longer price and product uh, alone. You, you need to comp compete through service. Then they went a bit further and said, where, where it really comes to the fore is when you fix issues, how quickly you resolve and you free up, again, back to hiring folks with customer service skills. I mean, now that's not just customer service. That's bringing folks in with empathy and, and collaboration and customer service skills into finance as well as customer service. How quickly can those folks apply those skills? And, you know, in, in your case, Alison, you probably felt heard and understood with some empathy, with some tact. And, and it's not just a um, you know, a, a bot response. So I think people do want quick responses and quick information, but still we, we appreciate a little bit of tact and empathy. And that's, I think there's a great example of that organization freeing up staff to go and do that sort of thing. A few years ago, I was in Tennessee and a CIO said, to, who, who worked for Esco said to me, Dan, I wish you could, it'd be nice if you could show me all the things that customers wanted, but we couldn't supply. And I think he was of a similar mindset. Maybe I need to be going back to those folks and sort of saying to them, oh, I couldn't give you that. Oh, let's talk about that. Let's not br brush it under the carpet. Sorry, I couldn't give you that. But, you know, should I be changing what I stock or should I well, tell me more about that? You know, so they were seen as an opportunity to re-engage with the customer. All right. So, uh, Chad, I'll come to you for a really quick response. I'm going to share a couple of comments and then we got to move to what are we going to do about it? So, Chad, your quick take. Uh, it's really important to think outside the box on the delivery situations. And, uh, you know, I, I, I had a fun kind of story. It was, it was challenging for me, but I had a lot of fun with it. And that is, 
that a customer had a, a, a pallet of material that was sitting at a hub here in the Denver area, and they were literally like five miles away. And so I just kind of got fed up and I said, you know what, I'm going to take our training van. <laughs> I'm going to drive out there. I'm going to find it. I'm going to put it on the truck and I'm going to deliver it to them. And I tell you that that customer we earned was, you know, for life. And yeah, I can't do that with every situation. But again, kind of going back to those analytics situations, you know, if, if you use a little bit of combination of, you know, data and your own intuition and just do the right thing, um, you're always going to win in that situation. I love that. Chad, I love that hammer meat nail type of thinking. Uh, you know, it's not all, it, it's it, it's w- within our control, right? To earn customers for life. I want to point out, and Amanda, if uh, or Allie, if we can drop this in the comment, the Experience Maker by Dan Gingis is a wonderful read. It goes to the heart of, of, of CX, the heart of what we're talking about, uh, how to create remarkable experiences that your customers can't wait to share. And all three of the, our panelists here have talked about that. All right, I want to share a couple quick comments, Peter. Uh, points out a great listen on the Una Sourcing Hero with Jeffrey Ostrander. That is a, a great listen. I listened to that myself. Peter, great call out. Dan's right on the money, Sheldon says. Right on the money. As always, Dan, balance cash, service levels, and cost. I like Sheldon already. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> See, Mark, Mark says, forget work-life balance. Read the book One Life by Martin Elbeck. It is life-changing. How about that? Sheldon says, Chad, Chad's on point two, that data is going to give you insight. You got to be transparent, build customer into intimacy through your knowledge. Hell, leverage. It is a competitive advantage. Good stuff, Chad. All right. Love that. Uh, so let's do this. I want to get around to Chad is a perfect segue. He jumped in that, in that van and went and made that happen. He took action. So on that note, how can we act on these current challenges and the challenges that are right around the corner? And and let's see here. Chad, I want to start with you here. We'll stay in your – you seem to be – we have three great problem solvers, but Chad, you seem to take your problem solving very seriously. So how can we do something about these conditions that we're handed? I love solving problems. I mean, that's, that's what gets me up every day. Um, so for me, it, it always comes back to people, process, and t- technology, and it, it's in that order. So first and foremost, you've got to understand what you need from a people perspective. You got to size up your staff and figure out real quickly, you know, who who's ready, who's not, um, who's salvageable, and who's who do we need to help move on to a new opportunity. Um, I know that sounds kind of harsh, but you know, um, you know, if you if you remember back to the, um, I think it was a Jim Collins book, um, good to great. You know, he talks about getting the right people on the bus and, and the wrong people off. And so, um, you know, I don't I don't have any any bones about making those hard decisions. And then you ne- next need to look at your processes and figure out, you know, um, you know, the stuff that you guys talked about as far as flexibility. You know, it's really good to have tight processes, but you need to have some flexibility in there to give people the right information. And the one thing that that kills customer service departments is bureaucracy. Um, you know, if somebody, if somebody had a bad, bad situation and you want to give them a $5 credit and you got to get that approved through the VP, um, you're doing something wrong. (laughs) Um, so the last thing is once you kind of have those things tied up, then, you know, move on to technology, look at, at automating all of the nonsense that you don't really want people spending their time on. Um, 
but do it very selectively and do it um, carefully at an at a appropriate pace. Because if you do it too quickly and you don't have good change management, you're going you're gonna to crash and burn. Love that. Uh, you know, don't have people uh, compiling transactions. Automate that. Have the people analyzing the transactions, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, using their experience to find those signals that can improve the, the external and the internal uh, customer experience and just the business itself. So I love that, Chad. And, and of course, that's a proven framework, right? People process technology. Um, Allison, what would you add to that? Reminds me, Chad, that reminds me of um, that first part of the equation of empowering your people to be able to do what they need to do. Um, and that is uh, the book, um, uh, oh gosh, Delivering Happiness about Zappos mm. and about how in the early days, how he empowered the his people to just do just that. Oh, you don't like your shoes? All right, we'll send you a new pair. I, I mean, a crazy concept to, you know, to, to spend 25 bucks to save 100 later. Great call out and uh, rest in peace. Tony Shea, I believe, and I will pronounce his last name, I think, right? I think um, so. Tragedy. Uh, all right, but but still, the legacies left behind, the culture behind Zappos, you know, the, that was one of the earliest companies to hit the CX radar and to make CX such a thing, right? Um, all right, so Dan, the home run hitter today, you're the Jorge, actually, Jorge Soler is not the, he's not in the home, uh, the cleanup spot, Allison. He's leadoff. He just looks like a cleanup hitter, right? does and that swing does too <laughs> that's right so dan and chad bear with us as we uh continue to celebrate yeah, the, we're still uh, on World that series kind of high yeah that's right there's atlanta <laughs> braves okay so dan when we kind of switch over to what are we going to do about it right between old proven approaches and some new cutting edge stuff what else would you add yeah i think um so i'm going to pull from uh we're talking books today I think on the last show I talked about Stanley McChrystal, General Stanley McChrystal's team of teams. Now I'm on to a book about mul- uh, called Multipliers. I think often your customer service staff, your supply chain planners, um, don't forget, and it e- is easy to do so. I think uh, uh, you know many of us hold a leadership position. It's easy to assume that you know we have to come up with all the answers and we know know best, and, and that can be draining. And I think often it can be invigorating and 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 a retention tool if you're asking your folks. Hey guys, ladies and gents, can, what, what ideas have you got? Reach out to your suppliers. What ideas have you suppliers and your customers got? And people might enjoy just being part of the process and trying. Hey, well, I'm laying out the struggles we're facing. Has anybody got any ideas? You know, even even crazy stuff. You know, and I, I think departments and, and, and employees. You know, one of the things I, of course, I did this week was talking about the power of influence. And I think some of the the keys were. People like to be part of the process. People like to be informed. Yes, people want uh, opportunity to grow and develop, but just just being part of the conversation and being uh, given the opportunity to sort of contribute. Um, there's be, power in that, yeah. right? Definitely engage. Yeah. Be part. Be yeah. be part of the the conversations being had. Dan, by the way, uh, uh, my hunch would be is if you added if you put your book on Amazon, it'd be a bestseller. Sounds like you've got a book chock full of some some golden observations there. Um, let's talk about, uh, so let's put the books up. Let's bring the crystal balls out. Uh, I tell you, we're, we've been going through just when you think you can't see anything new and stuff that hasn't happened before, you know, something else crazy happens. I want to start with Chad. So when we think about as, as we, Alice and I had our holiday 
conversation on the front end. We're already midway through November. It's crazy. Um, which on one hand, kind of thankful to get through the year that has been 2021. But Chad, what name one thing that's right around the corner that you believe business leaders are should expect in the new year? Uh, I think, like Dan said, you know, that there's going to be continued disruption. I think there's a, a mass exodus or not mass exodus, but a mass move to the cloud in every way, shape and form. And uh, if you think about that from a company perspective and the amount of resources and effort that goes into maintaining systems and things like that, that's probably one of the biggest um, things that I see. And, you know, it kind of aligns with like SAP, the system that I support. Um, their, their focus is on moving people to the cloud. It's on extracting that information out of the system to use it to make better decisions. Um, so analytics coupled with that, um, you know, and, and honestly, like, I think people aren't really doing analytics like what we've talked about here on this show. Um, they're not using that information to, to make the decisions. And that's a combination of predictive analytics, a combination of, you know, the old school sales reports. It's you know, but you have to have the people again to be able to interpret that information to make good decisions. So I think there's going to be a lot of focus on moving to the cloud and using information that they now have more available to make better decisions. Love that. T 10 years, as Greg White would say, if he was here with us, Dan and Allison, only took the cloud 10 years to be an overnight success, right? Um, all right. So I want to come to Dan next. Uh, Allison, you'll be Freddie Freeman in a, in a second. But Dan, what else would you add when it comes to uh, what to expect, what business leaders should expect in 2022? Uh, I think I'm going to talk about um, obviously disruption, but to be specific, the, the the Harvard article I read the other day said, you know, we're seeing customers cancel orders as short as 48 hours. So I think what that means is supply chain planners and customer service folks need to be freed up so they can be checking. Ah, oh, well, we, we, you know, you asked for that quotation um, how are we doing? I haven't heard any more from you. I was expecting the order in now. More time to follow up to, I don't know if the word is used, panda, but the more, more time to service the customer um, to make sure that you are indeed winning that business or, or have the opportunity to say, ah, well, is there anything I can do to make it, make it easier? You know, pre-pandemic, customer service leaders, some forward-thinking folks like Chad and another gentleman I know in, in Chicago, um, they were freeing up their teams to go and visit uh, customers. Yes, that's right. A customer service member, they were saying, I, I know you don't normally get to go and see the customer, but I want you to go and learn their business, engage, build a relationship. I think that stuff is all um, applicable, maybe even more important now. You know, we can't just take that business for granted. We don't want to get orders cut off within 48 hours, you know, or canceled. Do we have to sort of go and work harder and protect that business? Right. Excellent point. Uh, points there, Dan. Allison, what else would you add? Reminds me of that saying, uh, what's the definition of crazy? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results, right? right. So I think going forward, I think the, the crystal ball, at least in my head, is we've got to be willing to think of things differently and engaging people like Dan and Chad are great because they're not only thinking about the next step, but they're thinking of the two steps after that and engaging the right people along the way. So I think the resiliency factor and the, the change management comes back down to what Chad said earlier. It's all about the, don't, don't think about the next step. Think about the two steps after that. Yes. Like you're playing chess and not checkers, right? Uh, I want to add Lamont talking about a point Chad made earlier. Sometimes you have to be proactive to provide the best customer service 
possible. T squared says, Hey, data is going to give you insights so long as it's clean data. It's mm-hmm. a good point there. T squared. Oh, Jeff Leroy is with us. Jeff, hope this finds you well. It's been too long. Also down in the Savannah market doing some big things. I send my customer service reps to our industry sales meetings on a rotating basis to further develop their relationships. Love that, Jeff. And, yeah. and happy Thanksgiving to you a couple weeks early. It's the only thing anyone's getting early uh, this holiday season. Um, all right. So uh, I hate to start to wind the conversation down, but the clock says we must. I want to make sure, and Dan, we'll start, circle back to you. We've enjoyed uh, having you and the escrow team a part of these conversations uh, a variety of times. Um, how can folks connect with you and uh, the, the heavy-hitting uh, lineup that is the escrow team? Sure. You can reach me at daniel.reeve at esco.com uh, or find me on LinkedIn, um, Daniel Reeve at Esco. Wonderful. And it's not Allison like I made in the first episode with Dan. It's not like Dan Reeves, a former Atlanta Falcons head coach. There's no S. It's daniel.reeve at esker.com, right? Um, and hey, one circle, Dan, and if you had to put it in a nutshell, right, in, in, in your least salesy, informational, but key bullet point to deliver to our listeners, what does Esker do in a nutshell? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a case of finance, finance leaders, supply chain leaders, folks who are in order to cash, they'll, they'll often turn to us because they are trying to free up their staff to be rock stars, um, take better care of customers or suppliers. And, and why is it, you know, you've got that, that cash conversion cycle and people are trying to sort of spin it faster so they can um, be more effective with their cash. I love that. All right. I appreciate uh, you sharing that. Uh, all right. So let's go to Chad Molin next. Chad, you've dropped so much, uh, and we hadn't even gotten into the food aspect of, of some of the things you do when you're not uh, solving problems uh, uh, at work and whatnot. But how can folks connect with you if they want to hear some more of your thoughts? Yeah, it's too bad we aren't just uh, breaking after this to go grab one <laughs> together. But uh, you can reach me at uh, chad.molin at benimble.com. Or uh, you can link connect me uh, with LinkedIn or uh, Nimble's website is benimble.com. I love that. Uh, and really, kidding aside, uh, whether it's a steak or some of your hike, hikes you've got coming up, we got to see some pictures. We'd love to share that with our community. Dan, it'd be tough to top Dan. Dan spent some time in, in Corsica uh, a few uh, a month or so ago and sent us some gorgeous pictures that we shared. So uh, keep those pictures coming or didn't happen. Allison, love uh, our work together uh, and beyond WinTech, uh, where I know it takes a bunch of your time. Of course, you lead the, the nonprofit, the Dave Krejci Foundation, which helps to equip um, Atlanta area kids that can't afford the the sports fees and and all, just all the high costs of playing organized sports. I love that nonprofit work. How can folks connect with you, Allison? The best way to reach me is LinkedIn. I'm pretty active there. So find me, Allison Giddens. I'm on there. You won't miss me. Uh, and and it's a it's a great follow and connection there. Okay, well, Allison, Dan, and Chad, we finished a little bit early, so I'm going to take this. You know, we had a little fun question on the front end, so I'm going to throw one more fun question on the back end before we we swoosh Dan and Chad out. And uh, that question is going to be who? What is your prediction? Right, we're deep in the college football season, right? Uh, Allison's a big UGA fan. They're having a, a Hall of Fame year. But Dan and Chad, if y'all had to pick who you think is going to win it all, right, in the college playoffs this year, who would that be? And, Dan, I'm going to put you on the spot first. I have to be honest, I haven't followed it, 
All I care about is the game, the Badger game next weekend. I'm flying back to Madison for the, the, the big Nebraska game. As long as you beat those Cornhuskers, I'm happy. <laughs> I don't care what else happens. <laughs> what are we in that game? I love that, Dan. I love that. I've never been to Madison. And, you know, right. we, you know, of course, Bree, we talked with uh, Bree and, and, and numerous others about the great state of Wisconsin. We'll have to uh, check out how the game goes. Uh, I will add something, though, Scott. I have been to an SEC game. I've been to one game. Uh, I went to visit the uh, the CIO of um, uh, Coca-Cola Bottling, and he said, "What are you doing tomorrow?" And I said, uh, "Not a lot." He says, "Well, I'm going to take you to, take you to, to a game." Um, so I, I did go to a, uh, um, a, a college game there in, in in Atlanta. So now, you know, I came back to Wisconsin that night, and I was wearing a Georgia Tech T-shirt. And let me <laughs> oh, tell wow. you, a lot of people called me out for it and said, "You can't wear that here." I said, "Hey." <laughs> This is, this is a different conference. <laughs> well, hey, you're going to have to come back. You're, we're going to have to do this in person I next like time. I like both teams. You know, Georgia yes. Tech was a good day out. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, we'll have to do this in person next right. go around. But uh, right. thanks for sharing that. Chad, whether you're going to pick a winner or if you want to share something about your team, what would that be? Well, unfortunately, I have to, to, to tell my ignorance and that I'm, I'm not big into college football. Coming from Kansas, <clears throat> college basketball is where, where it's at. Yeah. But I will say I'm always a big fan of the underdog, and uh, I'd love to see UGA get out there. So, um, yeah. Awesome. All the best there. Awesome. And, and to your point, uh, the, the big season in Kansas just kicked off. It's college basketball kicks off. And, gosh, I don't know how many rings y'all have won there. But uh, I enjoyed during my two years in Wichita learning a lot more about college basketball. Um, all right, Allison. You don't have to. You don't have to predict. You probably don't want to predict. I'm not allowed to predict. My husband would uh, probably kick me out if I said what I really, my heart wants to say. But I'll tell you that I think we're going to do well. I'm just going to awesome. leave it at that. That's a good place to leave it. Good place to leave it. Uh, I tell you, I really appreciate and and uh, I like the approach y'all took here. Um, you know, sharing some uh, some timeless and some new ideas. You know, talking also about the current state that we're all experiencing in, in different ways, and uh, of course, uh, some the relationship uh, between Dan, Dan and Chad. I, I think that's really neat, and we'll have to dive in that deeper in a future episode. Big thanks again to Dan Reeve with Esker. Big thanks to Chad Molin uh, with Nimble Worldwide. We'll have you both back soon. Have a great weekend. Yeah, thanks Thank very you. much. Thank Enjoyed you guys. It. Thanks, Chad. Cheers. That was fun. Uh, that was a great time. I tell you, um, I, I loved what they shared. There's so much we could have dove in, you know, could have easily booked another few hours here. I want to share a couple comments, and I'm coming to you, Allison. I'm coming oh. to you, Allison, for your your key, number one key takeaway from today's conversation. All right. Let's, uh, let's see here. Mark says, think about change management as part of the sales process. Shashi says, Customer service reps should be part of the SNOP meetings. That's a great point there, Shashi. Uh, let's see. Think about that. Same, same. Must have been a little glitch there. Michael Aver says, Camp Randall gets jumping during the fourth quarter. Camp Randall. What I don't am I remember missing? who. Uh, uh, maybe Coach Randall. Ah. Um, there, there are fewer things more entertaining than coaches on the sidelines of basketball <laughs> games. Gotcha. I mean, of, of football games. Uh, it, that that is. Uh, oh, let's see. Go Georgia. What? <laughs> what? Look, see, as a Georgia fan, see, I'm a, I am an undergraduate bulldog, and I have a master's from Georgia Tech. So I I play both both teams, but I hope that Georgia Tech goes eleven and one every year. Okay. All right. So, well, hey, 
I bet that would make our dear friend Mark Preston's um, uh, year. Mark, hope this finds you well. Of course, Mark's on the board, amongst other things, on the board with the Association for Manufacturing Excellence. So great to see you. He says, go Georgia Tech, beat Georgia. Lightning just might strike. Lamont, roll tide. Uh, also, go big blue for basketball. Matt Giddens says that is correct. I would kick, see? Kick, kick see? Her I just, we, I am proud of us thus far. That's okay. what I will say. Go, dogs. So that is Wisconsin Stadium that Michael was talking about, Camp Randall. That's a new one for me. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought okay. we were talking coaches. Oh, okay. Matt knew it. Oh, Michael okay. knew it. And I'll hear it later, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. Ooh, Shashi. That's cool. <laughs> Amazing, Dan and Chad. Lots so, of wait, good. Wait, Wisconsin, was that the one, and Matt and a bunch of other people probably know this, is this the one where they played jump around, I think, in one of the games? The whole stadium went nuts. Like it shook because everyone participated. Uh, that no, that was UV stadium. No, Bree, no, you're right. No, Bree says every game. Bree says every, every game. game. So you're okay. you're dead on the money. Right. Nice. Yeah. Allison. Yes. Uh, so you showed you, you showed your credentials there. That's why you're on supply chain nerds <laughs> talk sports sometimes. Um, oh, all right, so Allison. As we wrap, right? And uh, I tell you, that was a good. I, I really enjoyed today's conversation between Dan and Chad. What was your one favorite takeaway? I think it was all about being able to do things differently and recognizing that things need to be different. And whether that's a customer experience, uh, your your external customer or your internal customer, which technically is your employee um, to, to a degree, your vendors, your suppliers. And it's not just, we can't think old school anymore. This isn't this is no just a totem pole of stakeholders. This is a circle. Well said. Um, I would just add to that one of my favorite themes we talked about today, and we talk about a lot when we talk to Dan with Esker, is it's time. It's past time to liberate the people on the team that that work really hard and are dealing with all the stresses of the current environment. You know, invest in those challenges. Invest in ways to automate the blocking and tackling. Right, the menial work and free them up to add a lot more value to the organization. That is what must happen. It's a big part of supply chain, global supply chain moving forward. But to do so, to uh, Chad's point earlier, when you choose what technology or what have you, whether you choose to work with Inesker or others, man, when you implement it, do it the right way. Don't just take it you know, off the shelf, implement it, and then they're dealing with a, a stock system. You know, invest yeah. in the time to get it set to how you what your operation needs, and more importantly, what your people need. Right? Yeah. So it'd be daunting because you know, with the shortage of of workforce, you know, all these things might seem great and pie in the sky, but it's like I don't have time to do it. I'm just putting out the fires as it is. Right. Or, but yeah, you're right. Once if you if you take the time to invest in those kind of things, then set yourself up to be rock stars later. You're right, and that was. One of the terms of today's conversation, uh, Dan. Dan loves uh, the rock star element. Okay. Well, uh, folks, hopefully you enjoyed this conversation as much as uh, Allison and I have. Allison, great to do this with you here today. This was fun. Thanks for having me. Definitely. Big appreciation to what you and the WinTech team do. And, of course, the Dave Krejci Foundation. Y'all check that out. Big thanks again to Chad Molin with Nimble Worldwide and the one and only rock star, Dan. Gosh, Dan Reeve. I almost call him Dave. Maybe he's got a cousin or a brother named Dave. Maybe, yeah. Dan Reeve with Esker. Uh, always a pleasure. Folks, if you enjoy this, be sure to find Supply Chain Now wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, but most importantly, if you if you learn, take anything away from here, 
be sure to we're challenging you. Do good, give forward, be the change that's needed. And on that note, we'll see you next time right back here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.